The following podcast contains spoilers for the land of steady habits and private life. You have been warned. What is up, everybody? It is Glenjamin Button here with Miguel Magusto, and we are back on Keystone Film Review. How you doing, Michael? I'm good. How are you, Glenjamin? Well, pretty positive. Pretty great. Mm-hmm. Pretty warmed. Um, warmed? <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's not bad. Got to see a bunch of movies, actually. So I did, too. Exciting. I mean, uh, as the three people that probably listen to us know, we have been gone for about two weeks. Uh, I have been filming a movie, but that did not stop me from seeing more movies. Uh, so how many how many movies have you seen this week, uh, the past two weeks, Glenn? One. One? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, to be honest, I felt like I've seen a lot of movies, but I don't remember exactly what they are right now. Yeah. Uh, what was what was the last thing we even like? When was the last time we even went over our movies? Because I don't. Um, that's a good question. All I know is, I think it was um, some kind of Friday or something, or maybe a Sunday. Did, did we talk about uh, Glass yet? No, we did not talk about Glass. Ooh. So yeah, we yeah, both so saw I, Glass. Since our little hiatus, I've seen. Damn, when was the last time we even talked? Did we, did we talk about the new Dragon Ball movie? I don't think we did. No. Okay, so it's been. I have seen a bunch of movies. It's been a while. It's been a while. Considering, uh, the new Dragon Ball movie it was excellent. Uh, for those people who care, um, I watched. I rewatched Unbreakable with Kira. I rewatched Unbreakable, or not Unbreakable, Split with Kira, and then we let it up to all the way over to Glass. And then I watched Serenity after that. So I watched about four movies, which is oh, yeah. more than my usual, I guess. Yeah. It felt like more. <laughs> uh, I mean, I saw quite a few movies. Um, you know, I have no life. I saw On the Basis <laughs> of Sex, On the Basis of Sex with Felicity Jones about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty solid. You know, nothing to write home about, but uh, a decent movie. I saw yeah. Aquaman. I know. It's shocking. Oh, yeah. I, mean, but, I guess uh, you still haven't seen that. You? Me, my uh, my friend who I saw it with, Jason, he put uh, my feelings in the best words possible. I mean, it was his feelings too, but like it summed up mine. He said, for everything I liked, there were two things that I hated about it. Sounds about <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. Um, then I saw Wildlife, which is Paul Dano's directorial debut. Oh uh, yeah, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Carrie Mulligan, uh, Bill Camp, and Ed Oxenbold. That was actually really good. It's it's one of those slow burn movies. Um, yeah, well, that I you know, being. you're you're not really huge. Like it's not really. It's good, but it's not really amazing until the end, and the the final scene just like wraps everything up together. It was it was really yeah. really wonderful. Uh, okay. Then I saw Stan and Ollie, which is about uh, Laurel and Hardy, starring John C. Riley and Steve Coogan. Uh, and it's about like them and later on in their career, and that was wonderful. One of the best movies I've seen in a very long time, and quite enjoyable. Wow. So I highly recommend that. And I saw Serenity, uh, like you as well. Uh, doesn't deserve all the hate it's been getting, but um, it, absolutely not. It, it was uh, 
not great, but it was enjoyable for the most part. I, I liked how weird it was. It was very weird. <laughs> yeah, that was on Friday. I had gotten out of work early and I was just like, you know what? I feel like going to see a movie because Kira had flown to Georgia for some uh, family stuff called a wedding. Oh. So I was like, you know what? I feel like I feel like going to see a movie. And I went to go see that just kind of like out of the movies I had. I was like, you know what? I'll go see Serenity. Mm-hmm. I, was pl- I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't expect much from it. Yeah. I really enjoyed the visuals. I really enjoyed the colors in it. Yeah, and it tried something different. Uh, I think the execution was a bit lacking, but, you know, everything else was pretty solid. Um, My so, favorite yeah. part about it is, like, I came out of it thinking, like, this feels like a noir movie. It does, Just yeah. No, and it, it takes place on this island, and it feels like a noir movie, which is the last type of thing you would expect from being on an island. Especially with it. those bright colors, too. Exactly. Like, it was It was like a noir, was, but, like... A rom-com. It was pleasantly, pleasantly weird. Yeah. That's what I would call uh, it. I also saw Glass, like you did. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed it. I felt like the it was a lot of build-up for, you know, a slightly disappointing ending. But, yeah, for the outcome. Yeah, but, uh, you know, James McAvoy's great in it. Uh, Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson's great in it. Bruce Willis kind of seems like he phones it in. Uh, I love seeing... Spencer Treat Clark, who played uh, Bruce Willis's son in the first one, he reprised his role as a son. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to do that. And, yeah, he uh, looks exactly the same, and it's kind of freaky. He does, uh, but you know, he was he was great in it. I, I, mm-hmm. I he, a lot of kid actors when they're older kind of lose their talent, but he he kept it, and yeah, you know, I I hope he gets more roles out of this because he he's a he's been a pretty good actor. That his would whole, be nice. Whole career, yeah. Then I saw the kid who would be king. Uh, yeah. starring Louis Ashbourne Circus, who is Andy Circus's son. Uh, you know, it's pretty, it was better than I thought it would be. It reminded me a lot of 80s movies where kids are actually in danger. And, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> you, you don't see that in kids' movies anymore where, like, shit actually goes down. They, and They play it safe. Yeah, they they play it super safe, and you never feel like anything bad's going to happen. In this, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. I, you know, it was very interesting, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it gets pretty intense at the end. Um, oh, that's what you get with Andy Circus and his spawn. Yeah, yeah. Then I saw Mary Poppins Returns, which was, as you imagine, mediocre, or as they say in Mad Max Fury <laughs> Road, mediocre. <laughs> uh yeah good old and morton jill yeah i i mean i never was a fan of the original mary poppins so i didn't expect to see this literally the only reason i saw it was because it was the only thing i saw i haven't i hadn't seen at that point um and yeah just a whole bunch of uh mediocre <laughs> well uh that's kind of what you would assume you would get from a Mary Poppins sequel. Yeah, no I mean, everyone's loving Emily it Blunt. for what... No, I, I mean, Emily Blunt was the best part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's just... It, uh, I just wasn't a huge, huge fan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's... Uh, that's all I saw. So let's let's get into it, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Let's start with The Land of Steady Habits. I don't know, Dad. I mean, it looks like a bunch of little kids live here. Look at it. It's nice. It's festive. It's like your own sad little Christmas parade. I heard you got out of finance. It's a system of monstrous greed. And for what? More toys, bigger houses. So you have some big plans? You know, charity work that I'm doing. Oh? Yeah. Which one? Disease, diseases, you know, in the cancer spectrum. 
So are you separated? Or? No, I'm divorced. Do you have kids? Yeah, yeah, I do. Have you even looked for a job yet? Yeah, I got one. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, I did, delivering booze. Do you live here? I didn't think this was your style. I mean, what's your style, delivering liquor? Looks that way. After leaving his wife and his job to find happiness, Andrews befriends a drug-addicted teen, sending him down a path of reckless and shameful behavior. Uh, this is starring Ben Mendelsohn, Thomas Mann, Edie Falco, Connie Brighton, Charlie Tahan, Bill Camp. Uh, the list goes on, really. There's a lot of notable people in this. And mm -hmm. it's uh, written and directed by Nicole Holofcener. Holof I, I butcher that, probably. And it's based on the novel by Ted Thompson. Uh, so this was a movie that, you know, I love Ben Mendelsohn. I love Thomas Mann. Pretty much yeah. love all the actors involved. And the poster is super colorful, but also shows the, how mundane it is because it's the poster. Mm -hmm. the, the, Straight again, Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, it's it's the 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 towel wall at Bed Bath and Beyond, and this guy's just staring at it, but it's like super colorful. And mm -hmm. I just thought it was a really interesting poster. So that's kind of the main reason I wanted to see it. Um, not not the poster, but like everyone involved plus the poster. It yeah. kind of seemed like one of those. Um, you know, while li being live action, kind of like uh, Anomalisa. Where it was, uh, you know, I like movies about the mundane mm -hmm. aspects of life. So, yeah, that's why I wanted to check it out. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. why we watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of this movie, Glenn? Oh, man, it was tough. I'll be, I'll be 100% honest. Um, I did watch these movies back to back. Uh, my movie, Private Life, and then this one afterwards, uh, The Land of Steady Habits. And... To be honest, I don't have too much to say. Like like you said, the really only reasons I would have wanted to watch this movie, even if you didn't want to recommend it, is because of the cast and then that poster. Oh, man, is that a silly it's, good poster. It's a great poster, yeah. Um, but man, uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably, honestly, I'll be a little harsher on this than I should be. Um, but I, did, I didn't enjoy this movie at all. I really didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really blame you. Um, it definitely was lacking... Uh, what I was expecting it to be, you know, kind of have that that uh, comedic outlook on how mundane life is. But it was really just more and not not necessarily in a bad way. It was just more depressing than it was funny. Yeah. Um. And, and it, it, it just kind of felt like it didn't know what kind of movie it wanted to be, you know. Um, yeah. It, 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 it straddled the line of comedy and drama the, uh, pretty much the entire time and never fully committed to one. Um, and, and not in a way that is, you know, good, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably enjoyed this a little bit more than you did, but yeah, I was, I was not terribly impressed with it and, and kind of, uh, well, the movie, it, it starts you, it starts you off automatically at Bed Bath and Beyond. It literally, it takes place at the poster here. Yeah. So he's in the poster and then. Like then he's like looking at these uh, toothbrush holders, and then next thing you know, he's having sex with a woman that uh, he kind of just casually made laugh. Yeah, and that and happens then, a lot then, too. Yeah, and then the next scene is just like he's looking at some items to like put in his house because he just got a new place. And next thing you know, he's having sex with that lady. Mm -hmm. So like right off the bat, you're like, okay, this guy's kind of like a playboy. You're like, okay, good for him. It's a forty yeah. year old man or such, and then he's still getting it. And then uh, kind of just goes in a different path from there yeah i do kind of like how they uh 
showed that he wasn't good at it. Like he was good at getting to there, but not good at the actual act of having sex. <laughs> yeah. And, and Aw- they, awkward sex is yeah, it was, it was, so awkward. It was very awkward. I mean, obviously and, um, that's the point, but oh my God. Yeah. And it really seemed like at least emotionally, the kids in this movie had had their lives together more than the parents. And I mean, not, oh, yeah. not like financially or anything, but like, you know, more, like, they, were, they were more mature as far as relationships yes, go. And, 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 but like, I mean, yeah, they were all drug addicts and whatnot, but they seemed to understand life better than the parents and the parents were mm-hmm. more focused on like material things, which, you know, again, white I, people I, problems. Yeah, I, I could see that, that was that being the point, but it didn't drive it home enough to actually like. Yeah, have an um, effect, really. So your main character, who is Ben Mendelsohn, also uh, known as Anders Harris, is he's basically this uh, this guy who came out of retirement and kind of just wanted to do his own thing. He uh, just he just got a divorce with his wife for. Uh, reasons, uh, basically, they they weren't good, and uh, his his kid was having problems. And then, while he's in retirement, he's just kind of like a material guy. He goes and buys things, trying to decorate his house, trying to get his life together, I guess. But it's not really. It, it kind of felt more like he was trying to force people to accept the fact that he wasn't like them. Yeah. Which I have no problem with. I mean, yeah, people should accept him for who he is, even though he was kind of a dick about it. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, he he definitely had a midlife crisis. The one thing I d- will say that I liked about this movie is that it kind of compared and contrasted the midlife crisis versus the quarter life crisis, which his son and his son's friends were going through. Um, yeah. Because that's not something that's often talked about is that there is kind of this quarter life crisis, which might not be as extreme as a midlife crisis. But, you know, you you hit the age of like 25, 26, 27, and you have that what am I doing with my life moment kind of thing that I I feel like a lot of people just overlook and Mm -hmm. uh, just go straight to talking about midlife crisis. So I did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, it's just – the way it's shot is it's kind of like a Judd Apatow movie where it's it's super boring cinematography other than mm-hmm. the scene at Bed Bath and Beyond, which was actually I yeah. thought shot very well for being at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah, that was um, that was a good scene. Yeah, but then like, the rest of it off the poster. Yeah, but then the rest of it is just like the master and then the reversals and they didn't really try to do anything. Um, and like I said, Judd Apatow does that all the time. It doesn't add anything to the story. They don't do anything to really use. Uh, I'm going to use a super uh, pretentious term here. They don't use film language to tell any more of the story. Um, yep. It's just super. It's just straight on. It's just not, e- not even over the shoulders a lot. Like they didn't really have any over the shoulder shots. It was just this guy shot this person shot two shot we're mm-hmm. done um and and it, you know it hits all the typical emotional beats of of movies like this and it just it just felt super safe and didn't try to do anything different yeah uh, i don't know how much of that has to do with you know the writer and director uh, or if it's just that way in the book too but it, it just it it just felt safe um overall yeah um yeah, obviously cinematography wasn't the uh, strong suit mm. of this, but uh, 
mostly nothing really had a strong suit. Uh, what I was mainly trying to get at, I guess, with what I was saying about the main character is he's not really a likable character. No. Uh, and we established that after I said something. But it's it's mainly everybody in this movie is not. There's like no redeeming quality about any of these people. Yeah. Uh, except sure, for sure. except for maybe Thomas Mann. Thomas yeah, Mann is kind of likable. The the kids they they have a better like upper hand as more of a redeemable yeah, quality. Yeah, I, I would say the one kid that uh, the drug addict that Ben Mendelsohn befriends. Um, he's kind of an asshole, but you you understand why. It's not. Yeah. It's not just out of left it, field like it is with everyone else. And of course, like it all leads back to the asshole parents. Yeah. Like they, uh, they're all dicks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the one thing I did like about it is there's this scene where Ben Mendelsohn and the drug addict kid are, you know, hanging out in a boat and getting high. Um, and the kid's trying to run away and, it's like they're they're having two different conversations at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like the kids Welcome talking about one thing, yeah. The kids talking about one thing, and the adults talking about the the other thing. Uh, and uh, I thought that was really cool because it showed that they weren't listening to each other. Yeah. Um, and what Ben Mendelsohn was saying is like he was just talking about like all the re- regrets of being a parent, like and how he realizes in retrospect how he treated his son who you know had a teddy bear for a little too long how they handled that could have fucked him up in the long run mm-hmm. and I, I thought that was really interesting um and and really liked ben Mendelssohn's performance in that scene but uh you know that's probably the only scene that really stands out in the entire movie uh at least as far as adults are concerned yeah i mean probably that scene that scene was definitely the best um, yeah mainly because it was two two shitty people just uh discussing their times yeah and then of course the actions that take after that are a little 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 grim yeah. but uh i don't know man i don't know how much i actually have to say about this yeah it's uh yeah oh, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you it's just it's it's hard to talk about i mean it's just a mediocre movie and you know um, mediocre mediocre movies are the hardest to talk about so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go on around here and make make it make sense. Yeah, okay, go for um, it. <laughs> so so this movie opens up with Ben Mendelsohn being kind of like this uh, this playboy, and then it leads to other characters. Like, and it's all just a bunch of characters that basically uh, they they've got money. They they these are basically to what most people would be small not small problems, but like minute problems compared to like people who don't have money uh so they're just throwing their money around like oh well that was that was my house well i'll buy the house from you i've got money and it's it's, it was to me this movie was just like a lot of white people problems yeah i mean they they, rich rich white people problems it takes place in connecticut so that makes sense yeah i mean the kids did have a more redeemable story to them but everybody else in this movie kind of just they were just dicks and nobody had redeemable qualities. And then at the end of the movie, like st- still nobody, everybody's still a dick. Yeah. And then, I mean, Ben Mendelsohn, he does finally, uh, I guess kind of get out there and kind of tries to enjoy 
life a little bit. Yeah, he, he he definitely has an arc, but it's a super weak arc, and, and that's the problem. Nobody really has a full arc in this movie. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, maybe the son's arc is a little bit more. Yeah, Thomas Mann I think is the most fleshed out character in the entire thing. He plays Ben Mendelsohn's son. Yeah, um, and he he definitely has the most complex character out of them all yeah and um, his, his arc is he, he what was he i assume an alcoholic right uh, uh he was a drug addict uh, oh, okay uh, kind of similar to uh uh charlie to hans uh character but you know he had gotten his life turned around yeah, uh, he went to rehab he got all of his shit that he needed done and he came yeah. back home and then he just became like a kid who kind of lives off his parents mm-hmm. um and, and they, they, he was he was extremely intelligent too. Like he, yeah. uh, I think they kept saying that he graduated from Northwestern. I think, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty great school. And uh, they even open they introduce his character where he's teaching this man how to read English, like a man who uh, second English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has the capability to do some complex work, and he just never lives up to it. And um, yeah. yeah, he definitely has the biggest arc. Yeah, I think for for most of the kids, and this is like a, I guess, a huge thing. My mind's all over the place. This movie fucked me up. I'm not <laughs> even going to lie. Um, so I guess the main thing with the kids in this movie, and that's kids kind of all over the place who kind of have rich parents, that they have expectations. And then these kids feel like they have to meet these expectations and then get overburdened, which just make the parents look more like assholes. And then... Mm-hmm then the parents think their kids are the assholes because oh now they're drug addicts even though they've been overwhelmed to the point because yeah. they have to feel like they meet these expectations and see that's just throwing me into a whole life lesson loop <laughs> that i didn't want to get into well the the entire thing is no one's listening to each other throughout the entire movie which is the point it's not yeah. it's not bad writing like it's it's meant to be that way but no one is listening to each other the entire movie until maybe that that awkward dinner scene at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Christmas dinner, I think. Yes. And also, this is a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> a Christmas movie. Sinking. Yeah, it's a depressing Christmas movie. But uh, it, like uh, Ben Mendelsohn comes to dinner. Uh, the drug addict kid that he had befriended. He's not even a kid. He's probably like what, like twenty seven. Tw- he's twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he, he had died of an overdose earlier, and uh, Ben Mendelsohn was like the last person to see him alive. So he goes to dinner at his ex wife's house at the request of his son, and he t- he did not know that the parents of the that kid would be there, and it just turns into a whole mess. But that's really the first time. I think that's where Ben Mendelsohn's character gets more interesting. Like he's actually trying to listen and mm-hmm. and learn and, and he's facing himself for the first time. So I, I really, as awkward as that scene was, I think that scene really worked. Yeah. Um, but that scene also had a super awkward ending, which brings me to another one of my points. Uh, a lot of the endings of scenes and transitions of scenes were super abrupt and I keep saying yeah. the word super. They were extremely abrupt and 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 quick. Because you watched Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> and it just I feel like I feel like it was probably a longer movie that got cut down significantly. Maybe. And you know, I'm not saying the longer movie would be better, but it'd probably flow better. Yeah. Um, which, you know, often makes movies feel 
quicker and not as long. Which, which is crazy because this movie's only an hour and a half. Yeah. The first 30 minutes was the longest. Like, after the first 30 minutes, it kind of picks up. But, like, after the, after the first 30 minutes, I looked to see how much had gone. I could have sworn it was, like, at least 45, 50 minutes, and it was mm-hmm. only 30 minutes. I was like, oh, that's, okay. That's how I felt. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is only 30 yeah. minutes. It felt like an hour. So if there is, like, a director's cut out there that is two hours or so, I, I'd probably watch that just to see. <laughs> I, I, I like to see director's cuts if the director's cut wasn't released in theaters just to see if it is better. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, if if they released that, would visit this again. But overall, I just wasn't impressed. Yeah, I'm jumping a little off topic, but that's exactly how I felt about uh, Glass. Yeah. But I know the overall ending wouldn't really have changed. So that, would, that wouldn't have been great. Yeah, I, I, I really feel like uh, kind of, again, off topic with uh, Glass, M. Night Shyamalan um, kind of wrote himself into a hole, especially with how little his movies are shot for nowadays. Mm-hmm. He has really low budget movies just because, unfortunately, no one trusts him with a lot of money anymore. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they set up this big thing at the uh, the tower that was they they kept talking about and then it just never happened there and i kind of feel like they he probably wanted it there at some point and then had to rewrite it yeah he he had a lot of stuff and he said he had to cut from the movie and then that would have been awesome because in philly that that building did just open yeah up too. he said he said the first cut of the movie was like four hours anyway we're <laughs> we're like, off topic like again. i said off topic but yeah. that's how this movie was uh, as well yeah but i i really don't have anything else to say about this movie uh extremely mediocre i wouldn't say it was outright bad but you know if i never watch this movie again i won't cry about it (laughs) i I will say i did i did like most of the performances yes maybe i'm being a little too harsh on it but i I didn't enjoy this movie i liked the people in it i liked their performances however all the characters were just shitty and it didn't didn't uh didn't connect for me yeah same here you know, when I saw you at the window just now, I thought you were him. I have some questions for you. Preston did, did not do anything. I swear to God, I did not tell anyone. How could you not call us? I thought you might like this. You brought me an erotic, stolen library book? No. I'm sorry you have such a disappointing dad. Okay. I used to have this vision. My life was like a web. The more webs you could have coming from you, then the more important you were. But if you vanish, then the people that were in your life, they learn to rely on someone else. And then the web just remakes itself and moves on without you. Let's move on to private life. Private life. They're here! I just don't want to find myself at 50 in some block association meeting trying to prevent the opening of a new bar. Richard, we're not turning 50 on East 6th Street. I'm 47. is an immoral act. Overpopulation, climate change, rise of neo-fascism. Did you take your Valium? Yes. Why? 
they're trying a by any means necessary approach. I thought they were done with all that and they were trying to adopt. They're still doing that. They're like fertility junkies. Your best chance for success is with the donor egg. He's out of his mind. There's a lot of positives. Oh, it's easy for you to say. You'll have your genetic contribution. And me, I'm just left out. Directed by Tamara Jenkins, Private Life stars uh, Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti. Uh, <laughs> and the, uh, the movie's about an author is undergoing multiple fertility therapies to get pregnant, putting her relationship with her husband on edge. Ooh. We yeah. always wanted to uh, talk about a nice fertility movie here on yeah. KFR. And, Honestly, uh, here it is. I, I completely forgot what this movie was about. Um, you know, from when, when you said we were going to watch it, I just knew it was Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I loved going into it kind of blind. Um, it it made it that much more like real and and yeah. That's that's how I honestly I forgot what this movie is about too. I was just like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah, and and, and uh, kind of countering the boring cinematography of the Land of Steady Habits. The cinematography in this is great for. Oh yeah, because this movie's just dialogue. That's all it is. It's just dialogue. Mm-hmm. But they they play with the the set uh, the scene and and get some interesting shots out of it. Uh, and I think it opens. For uh, oh no, the, there's the first scene of her getting the fertility shot, but then it opens the, the it really gets going in a waiting room, and the way they shoot anytime they're in a waiting room is beautiful. It's just, mm-hmm. like it's you just see all the emotion of everyone in there, even just the extras, yeah, just not even, in, not even in just one the shot. Main characters, yeah. So uh, that was refreshing after a land of steady habits. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was. Absolutely pleasantly surprised by this movie, especially when you compare the two movies that we've got here on yeah. this podcast. Because uh, this one just, this is Oscar worthy compared to, no offense to the lane of steady habits, but everything was just so much better yeah. in this movie. And, and speaking of Oscar worthy, I, I always feel like Katherine Hahn is greatly underrated. Oh, she's fantastic. Just, yeah, because like in Step Brothers, she's in movies like Step Brothers where she's silly and yeah, she's a jokester. Yeah, and, and kind of gets typecast in a way for the most part. But then she comes out with a role like this, which is extremely, you know, visceral and emotional. And, and she just kills it. Like, I had no problem believing that she was a woman going through, like, fertility mm-hmm. treatment, treatments for this and just desperately trying to get pregnant in any ways, any means necessary. And it it, it she just completely stole the show from um, even from Paul Giamatti. Who's saying, great, especially from Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Uh, I I love how the in uncomfortable situations comedy takes over yeah. just in like the little ways like anytime she's at the gynecologist the way they shoot the doctor through her legs <laughs> is just hilarious or in the scene where uh, where Paul Giamatti is trying to get a sample and, and, and he's, he's, the, uh, yeah, the, he's the just in the, paper yeah, in the, his ass yeah and, he's in the room you know the porn's loud he tries to ch- change it but it just gets turned up and then just the, the way they shoot scenes like that to kind of relieve the tension from these super dramatic scenes i keep saying super i'm gonna kill myself if i keep saying that Um, super uh but it it was just great and tamara jenkins uh directed the shit out of this movie oh yeah she did she uh her her last movie was in 2007 i believe it's called savages uh with uh laura lenny and um 
Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in power. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, I'm shocked that it's been that long since her last movie because she she got an Oscar nomination for that movie for writing, not for directing, but for writing. Yeah. And it's ridiculous that it took her this long to get another movie going. I mean, at least it was fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. She takes this movie about a topic that to a lot of people could be unsettling. I mean, to me, it's not like, hey, let's talk about this. (laughs) Let's talk about some eggs and sperms Mm -hmm. and pregnant women's. Um, but yeah, it takes this topic and she, she just kills it. She like, it's an enjoyable movie. You understand the struggles that these people have to go through and you, you feel for them Mm -hmm. and you feel for basically all the characters in this movie. Um, and one of the characters that always stands out to me is the actress, Molly Shannon knows how to play an asshole so well. She is so great. She like she started with SNL, but like she's honestly one of my favorite character actresses now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, speaking of character actors, John Carroll Lynch is in this as her husband. Yeah. Um, and they're both great. You know, they they have a good, they have a good, healthy, combative in a healthy way relationship and and chemistry yeah. there. And then and she's she's not just an asshole because she's an asshole like. You even get her kind of story in this movie about how she's having menopause. 100%. She's got all these feelings. Like, it's not just, hey, she's an asshole. Like, but yeah, no, like, she's playing this because of these reasons. Ever, ever since uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, where she plays uh, the dying girl's mother, mm-hmm. uh, she's, she's just been killing it as a character actress. She's in the movie Other People, um, which is the um, a movie. She plays a, a woman who's dying of cancer and, like, mm-hmm. her, her son her gay son comes to visit her and it's, it's a really emotional movie. And she, like, you just don't see that side of her in SNL, which I mean, you yeah, wouldn't need to, but she's a fantastic actress. She I, really I love is. Her. She's hilarious. She's mean. She's, yeah. She's great. <laughs> yeah. It's just her. I mean, and not Catherine her specifically, but she, the way she plays things, she's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, and then another character I wanted to get to was Sadie. I kind of yeah. didn't like her because she was like a really super hipster. And then I realized, fuck, I'm a super hipster. Too. <laughs> She's like shitting on these people. She's like, well, they don't like they, they do these things. They look like assholes. I'm like, fuck, that's yeah. me so bad. Yeah. But the, a, way, but the way she goes about it, like she uses big words. I don't use big words. I use words like super. Super. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, I, I, I kind of liked her character. I mean, she no, was, I, I, I she was annoying. Then, I but I didn't like her because she was me. Yeah, I love I loved her. Uh, how much she loved her, her aunt and uncle and mm-hmm. was willing to be an egg donor. Step aunt and uncle. They don't they're yeah. not blood related. So it's not weird. I mean, it's a little weird, but it's not like that weird. Um, it's just a person it's, helping out. Yeah. And it's just. <laughs> my favorite part of this is how Paul Giamatti is a really smart guy in this, but he mm-hmm. says a lot of dumb shit, which is completely <laughs> true for a relationship. Like no matter yeah. how, how much you know what you're saying is wrong, you still just say it. And it's, <laughs> yeah. And, and um, it was just, uh, it was r- ridiculously for, for the subject matter, just a fun movie to watch. And also just, it, it was extremely, captivating and and you you bought both of these characters even knowing them as as and their work as much as i do i believed them as you know an older married couple who had kind of put having kids by the wayside and were desperately trying to get a kid in any way they could in the in the final parts of their you You know do 
you do know he only has one testicle, right? He does. <laughs> <laughs> I love how they kept bringing that up. Yeah. <laughs> and even he brought it up once. He brought time. it up like, once, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I only have one testicle. I just love how she keeps bringing it up and he keeps looking at her like, why do you have to keep saying that? Yeah. And then they're trying to get their uh, step-niece to donate an egg. And he, just in the awkward uh, situation, he's like, you know I only have one testicle, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a funny joke they kept bringing up. Yeah, it, it yeah. Didn't, it didn't feel like it was being overburdened no, too much. No. Um, go ahead. I, I didn't have anything. No. I just did big breath. Yeah. Um, I, we kind of we kind of touched on this. This movie does very very well on showing the struggles that people just really have to go through just to get pregnant or just something like that. And mm-hmm. I, I did so well. Uh, just not only with the process, but like with the family and like the people they have to deal with, the doctors, yeah. all of that. It's just a process. And it, it, this movie killed it on that. Absolutely. That section. Uh, uh, c- kind of going back to the whole comedic beats kind of uh, thing. Um, they he, they did such a good job at just cre- – I said it before, but creating – I just want to talk about this one scene, creating comedic moments in, in awkward scenes. Like mm-hmm. at Thanksgiving dinner, Sadie announces to her family that she's going to be the egg donor for <laughs> her step-aunt and uncle. Yep. And then like her mom freaks out, uh, understandably so, and, and they have like this argument. They're walking through the entire house. All the while, someone at their dinner is standing up and saying, I'm being thankful for – I'm thankful for being 31 days sober. Yeah, and they just like, keep, it's my turn, right? Yeah, they just keep cutting to him while this argument – happening and you feel so bad for him but it's just such a funny like beat that they have where and anytime the the uh argument gets too real they cut back to him mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's this just had great comedic notes. yeah it, it, i just i loved that part of it it was it was uh, really good at breaking the tension and knew exactly when to do it um uh, another thing this is like kind of my only real flaw with this movie but it's like I understand why they did it mm-hmm. uh, because you, you understand the characters and their jobs and their backstories and stuff like that. But yeah. I feel like they used way too many references about plays and books and stuff. Like I feel like I'm in a play or a, this, this certain player, this book. Yeah. yeah. Like they used that a little too much. Like I understood because that's, that's these people's jobs. It's, it's mm. like their livelihood and stuff. But I feel like, they overdid it with every character too. Yeah, I feel like maybe like one or two references would have been great, even three or so. Yeah, like, but they they did it pretty much every other scene. Um, but like I I they did it in a way that I understood that it was a a literary reference. Yeah. So I knew what they were doing. I didn't understand the reference, but I understood what yeah, they like were doing with you it. You got it because you knew their background, but it's. Mm-hmm. It was a little, it was a little yeah. much, but like that's that's really my only flaw yeah. in this movie. Uh, the I, the biggest flaw that I I felt um, it's more so an editing thing. Um, pretty much after they realize that they're not gonna have their own child, mm-hmm. um, you know the uh, the egg donor from Sadie didn't work. Uh, nothing nothing took, and they they really don't. They're kind of giving up at the end. Um, Paul Giamatti says something stupid again. Where he says, uh, "Are we ever going to have sex again?" And it's just like you're really thinking about that now. They have this argument. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's it's an awkward but funny argument as they do so much in this movie. Uh, and then it's it's really like the climax of their relationship in that movie, and it just kind of ends and fades out. Yeah. And and I I felt like they should have fleshed that out more. But I mean, if that's my only real big nitpick from this, 
it's it's still a killer movie. Yeah, it was really just they didn't feel like they knew how to end one scene. Mm-hmm. And if that's that's a huge problem, then uh, well, something something's a little salty in the ice cream here. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Salty in the ice cream? <laughs> Uh, oh man and then i guess my really only other thing i have to say about this movie is i really like how they ended it too with the end credits oh like, that was beautiful oh, I, yeah. I i really like it gave you enough where you know it didn't just end and go to credits mm-hmm. and it showed you how the, how they were waiting and how they were kind of content with waiting and uh i loved the um just the the small gesture of him moving from his side of the booth to this his, her side. Yeah, showing that they're they're together on this again. They're, yeah, they're back. Yeah, that was really like a beautiful small uh, blocking thing that they did that really wrapped everything together. Um, uh, and you know, as much as I wanted to see if the uh, the mother of the adoption person, the person they were going to adopt, came. Mm-hmm. I'm completely content with them not showing that. Yeah, I I actually preferred it the way they did it because because yeah. you're sitting there wondering you're like oh she definitely could have showed up or she definitely yeah. might not have like they because it was a reference to earlier in the movie when the reason that they're trying to get pregnant again is because the person they were trying to adopt from they kind of she kind of just up and left. They, well, yeah, so they, they they found out that she had been conning them the whole time, not for yeah. money, just for attention, just for shits and, and gigs. Yeah, and uh, you know, they they flew all the way to Arkansas to meet her, and then she just never showed up mm-hmm. and never responded to anything they had again, and and you know they realized they got conned, and it was kind of calling back to that. Um, had this just gone straight to the credits, I probably wouldn't have been too happy with it. But the fact that they showed them just waiting, let them live in the scene and not, and not just cut prematurely, uh, yeah. you know, once the credits start rolling, you're like, Oh, is this going to go all the way? And then she's going to finally come in at the end, or is it just going to cut to black? And th- as the credits move, you get more and more okay with just, you see how content they are and they're fine with however it ends up. And they're nervous, but you understand that they're going to be fine no matter what. But if if it cuts to black before the credits start rolling, you don't see that. Yeah. And it's it's all done in like, their faces and how they're holding hands and everything. And it was just really a, a beautiful ending. And I thought, I thought it was really cool because it's only like a two minute scene. Yeah. The, the, the credits are kind of just doing their thing. And then it's, it's mighty possible that nobody's just going to show up after two minutes of sitting at a table. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was done well instead of just like, Oh, we sat down and we we're waiting. Oh, oh, here she is. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Perfect timing. Yeah. So I, I thought that was, that was done well. Cause we know people. People wait for yeah. people. Absolutely. Yeah. Salt in the ice cream. All right. All right. <laughs> I get that salt out of the ice cream. Oh, it's a salted caramel, then it's fine. But uh, yes, definitely solid movie. And I'm kind of uh, confused how we talked about this less than we talked about Land of Steady Habits. Well, the timing's kind of the same. <laughs> but uh, I think it's only a goal one minute difference. And, you know. True. I, I definitely took into the point that we didn't just directly go into the land of city habits. So there's that too. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, and we, we also talked about glass for a while. So. Twice. <laughs> twice, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's all I have to say about private life. Uh, what do you, uh, what, you got anything else to say? That's all I got. If only I could have. We are doing everything we can short of kidnapping to start a family. I don't think I even want to have a kid anymore. What do you think? Would you give your unborn child to these people? Totally. I wish you were my parent sometimes. I feel closer to you than everyone else in the family. Surprise! Happy anniversary. We need to take some responsibility for the situation. A lot of women have babies at 41. I thought I could too. You ready? One. Two, three. All right, so let's move on to the judgment. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the land of steady habits. As you know, this has to be a unanimous decision for it to go onto our shelf. Um, with Land of Steady Habits, you know, I, I don't think I, I disliked it as much as you did, but it definitely lacked a lot and it could have been a lot better um, just in the sense of how they made it in the execution. Yeah. So I'm going to say no, it does not go on the shelf. No. Nope. Yeah, I, was, I, I think I was probably a little harsher than I needed to be, but it's in the end, it still wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a uh, mediocre movie. Mediocre. Uh, so uh, let's move on to Private Life. All right, Private Life. That's your uh, movie, so you do the judgment first. This is this is all me here, boy. Uh, Private Life. It held up very well with all the the acting. Uh, all the characters in it were fantastic. It was very well written. Uh, even the end left you kind of wanting more, to be honest. Uh, I I'm definitely gonna gonna say yes. It's going to go on the shelf boy. Yeah, I'd have to the shelf boy. <laughs> I'd have to agree. You know, this it was a, a pleasant surprise. Ooh, and I just found out Tamara Jenkins from Philly. So holler at your boy. Look at that. Tamara Jenkins. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she she killed it. Everyone in this movie was wonderful. Uh, there wasn't a single character that felt out of place. Um, every every emotional beat felt natural and not, not forced. Uh, really, the only nitpick that we had, we already discussed, were you know the editing during that that final argument, mm-hmm. um, and then um, references, references, yeah. But you know those those are small in the grand scheme of things. So I, I'm going to have to agree. This will go on the shelf. Look at that. Look at that. Look, so I did we'll, it. I did it, Mom. I you, put one on the shelf. <laughs> the land of steady habits does not go on the shelf. Private life does. Uh, you can check out our. You know, ongoing shelf at Letterboxd. Uh, I have it on mine. It's at Mike KFR. I don't know if you have it on yours, Glenn. I might, but I, I just go to Mike's. Yeah. So, so you can check out the, our shelf list at uh, at Mike KFR on Letterboxd. Um, I might also just create like a you know ongoing photo album somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, that takes us to our movies for next week, Glenn. Glenn. What is your movie for next week? Actually, no. I we already talked about what mine is, so oh, I'm gonna fuck me, right? Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Uh, my movie for next week is Jungle. 
Jungle. Uh, directed by Greg McLean and written by Justin Monjo, based on the book by Yossi Ginsberg. Starring Daniel Radcliffe and Yasim Akeem, a group of friends join a guide for a trek into the Bolivian jungle, searching for an Indian village. The men soon realize that the jungle is a difficult place to be. Uh, so it seems kind of like a thriller action. Also okay. says biography, so I wonder if it's based on a true story. Um, I'm guessing it is if it's if that's the case. But <laughs> uh, well, it's four and a half stars on that Amazon Prime IMDb. Look at that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So Jungle that is available on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, for anyone who wants to watch it. So that is my movie for next week. What is yours, Glenn? Uh, mine. I did want to uh, go to theaters for this. So this will. Well, yeah, be we in, haven't gone to theaters yet. Yeah, this will be in theaters still. Uh, but I feel like. Uh, you know, Mike might like this. I know Kira probably might want to, uh, she might want to see it as well. So just make a whole little trip out of it. Uh, this is going to be They Shall Not Grow Old, the Peter Ooh. Jackson directorial, not debut, but thing uh, about World War One. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, they take archive footage. What they do is really cool about this. I'm just going to go into it if you don't mind. Absolutely. Um, I, I've actually been wanting to see this movie, would have seen it had you not picked it regardless. Uh, but they take archive footage and the whole the whole idea is that, uh, you know, history isn't in black and white and it's not silent. So they took all this archive footage from World War One, uh, colorized it and then also hired, um, you know, linguists and, and people who uh, are good at reading mouths to kind of. Obviously, we'll never know exactly what they said, but given the context, they're trying to ascertain what they said and they dub over the voices uh, with actual dialogue. And, you know, I think it's just going to be a really cool experience to see World War One footage in in that sense. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, And I I know uh, this would have been a good recommendation for you, considering you're a history guy. Mm -hmm. I I might not be, but I'm definitely interested in seeing this. Uh, I think it looks good. And I hope it is. Yeah. Well, that is it for this week. Uh, you can continue to follow us on Instagram at at Keystone underscore film underscore review. Uh, on Letterboxd, I am at Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it for this week. We will see you next time. Mm, salt Bye. on the ice cream. Salt on the ice cream.